Bonjour, bonsoir, dear friends. Welcome to JCB Live. Today, we're going to have an exceptional happy hour. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be entertaining. It's going to be bilingual. She's extremely suave, very charming, beautiful. She knows everything about wine. She's an educator, a wine journalist. She has her own YouTube channel. And of course, she is an irresistible master of wine. She completed the ultimate wine exam. She is the professora of wine. She lives in Quebec and France at the same time. A wonderful family, bicultural, bilingual. There's a lot to learn from the famous Jackie Blisson. So I'm very pleased, dear friends, to welcome the irresistible, charming Jackie. When she was working in the cellars of the Rhone, she was turning every heads, and she eventually married a winemaker from France. Welcome, Jackie. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Jean-Charles. I'm happy to be here. Cheers. Santé. (laughs) So you are in marvelous Quebec today. I am in marvelous Quebec looking at the beautiful fall foliage, all the orange and purple and green in the trees. It's stunning this time of year. Well, it's very exciting, and I want to thank you. We are toasting with Burgundy, of course. Of course. Louis Bouillot. I have the JCB. And uh, you've been so kind. There's a map of Burgundy behind you. Did you do that on purpose? You know what? I was living in Burgundy in 2004 studying, and I dreamed of having, I think like a lot of wine nerds, I dreamed of having those beautiful posters on my wall. So when I left, the last stop was the Athenium, the best wine bookstore in the world. Bought my two beautiful posters, and when I moved back, I got them framed, and they're adorned my office walls ever since. Well, it's not very original, I know, but I just love them. (laughs) Well, thank you for that. We're very honored. So, Jackie, you have an incredible life, and I think it's so exciting as a young lady entrepreneur. You have so many great degrees behind you now. Tell us, how did you get into the wine world, and how a young lady from Quebec become such an authority in wine? It's, it's a funny story because I got my passion for wine from somebody who would seem even less likely to have a passion for wine, a farm boy from Saskatchewan, which is a prairie area in Canada. So my father knew nothing about wine, but when he met my mother and fell in love, bumped into her on a ski hill in Austria of all places, <laughs> she introduced him to her father who was a wine merchant in London. And he took this hick boy rough around the edges and decided to school him in the art of fine wine and introduced him to wine producers from Burgundy, from the Mosul. And my father, the bug, just completely took hold. And he, when I was a little kid, used to love for every party and occasion, he'd pull up the best wines from his cellar and he'd pour them to let them breathe. And then he'd ask us, little, little kids at the time, to come over, jump, jump on a chair, and then take the glasses and just sniff them all. And then rank them from best to worst and say why we like them. So I've been sniffing, not necessarily tasting, but sniffing wine since oh, I was about God, five years old. Jackie. I don't believe you were just sniffing, knowing your... <laughs> I moved to the tasting when I was about 10. <laughs> So, so it's you, a lifelong, you, a lifelong passion. 
Well, that's amazing. So your parents really turned you on to wine originally. Yeah. yeah and then what was the moment? Because I think a lot of our friends who are with us today, and I could see that on the chat, are always asking, what was the decisive moment for Jackie to actually decide to ah, make a life? Well, I was working, I studied uh, communications at university and I got a very sensible job in web marketing, which is a great field, but I didn't personally love it. And uh, I was 24, bored at my job and longing for my days at university working after school as a sommelier in a restaurant. Ah. And I just thought, I'm too young to already hate my job. I'm going to change paths. And my mother had kept in contact with uh, a wine family from Burgundy that we knew, uh, the Viono. Yeah. You know it well, obviously. Of and uh, they suggested a school in Burgundy the, at the CFPP de Beaune. It was called International Wine Commerce Studies, Connaissance et Commerce International du Vin. So I decided to just pack it all up, pick up stakes, and move to Burgundy and spend That's a year. Cool. I thought I was going to spend nine months just studying and then come right back to Quebec. But I got offered a stage, an internship, which led to a job. And then 11 years went by. I was still in France. So the first time, it was not even a Frenchman who convinced you to stay. No, it was wine. It was all about the wine. Uh -huh. I decided to study at the Mecca, the Mecca of fine wine in Burgundy. But that's, um, that's a great advice for people. So you basically realized, as young as 24-year-old, mm. communication is not what you want to do in that form. And mm. you change your life, really. Yeah. I mean, I still, I think communications is great because it plays into everything you do afterwards and has a big impact on my work today. But just the day-to-day -day office life, I just wasn't loving it. I was on the metro every morning looking at all these tired, grumpy faces. And I thought, oh, this is, I'm too young to, to dislike what I do and be bored every day. So. And what changed. made you say to yourself, this is going to be wine, and that's what I want to make my life around. I think, I'm not sure if when I originally did my studies, I really was sure that I'd be able to make a career out of it forever, but I thought I'm going to give it a go. I'll give it a try yeah. and see what happens. And the practical side of my mind said, if I do a commerce degree within wine, I'll always find a job, at least in sales, and it'll keep me on the periphery of the wine world and see where it takes me. That's fantastic. So as you're the experts of wine, and we're gonna go soon on wine tasting, but we're starting with Burgundy, so you're gonna to have to Absolutely. describe wine for us because you are the ladies with words. Not only you make it too, and then you know how to taste it. So tell us what you feel and what those bubbles are giving you as excitement. Oh. Well, first of all, Crème en Bourgogne for me is some of the best value there is when it comes to traditional method sparkling wines from France. I'm always telling people if they're worried that it's better to pick up a great Cremant Bourgogne than a cheap champagne. <laughs> Far down for me. Well said. Well, thank you, Jackie, for this description. So as you love sparkling wine and you mentioned a yeah. good Cremant, where do you see around the world as you're an expert in Canada, Northern America and Europe, of course, where do you see sparkling wine going? And do you see a lot of people, you with your girlfriends, enjoying sparkling as well? Absolutely. I think it's taken a little bit of a hit recently with the, the pandemic and the challenges. People haven't been quite 
as much in a celebratory mood as they have been in the past, but I think it's, I think it'll rebound quite nicely. People, I think there was a real feeling for a long time that uh, you could only drink sparkling wine for special events and it was necessarily expensive and unattainable, but people in the last 10 years have really sort of taken hold of the trend led by Prosecco, obviously, of, of sparkling wine being something that you can enjoy every day and with every occasion. And I think that'll come back. And I think that we'll start, people will start maybe trying things from off the beaten track a little bit. We're making great sparkling wine here in Canada. So I think there's a lot of uh, sparkling wine destinations that people will maybe start seeking out and trying and mixing it up a little. That's right. So do, do you think, um, you know, um, you see a lot of younger people as well enjoying bubbles and as we just did popping the corks at any occasion, do you think it's starting to, to really happen more? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I have loads of, I love uh, testing uh, trends and things on friends here in Montreal who are not in the wine business, who are wine novices, just seeing what they like and seeing what they're drinking. And I'm definitely seeing people uh, more into sparkling wines for the aperitif and just in a more casual setting. Absolutely. So coming back to you, Jackie, so we hear about your burgundy background, then what took you to go to the Rhone Valley and then to really take this wine world so seriously that you made it your profession? Because I think a lot of people will be inspired by how you did it and then how you went back to Canada to really become who you are today. Well, I it was a bit of a, a winding path. I stayed in Burgundy for just under four years and I might have stayed longer, but I wasn't uh, finding a a job that I was really keen for. And I decided that if I'm going to sell wine, I first need to know how to make wine. So I did some, I helped out a little bit in Harvest a few years running in Burgundy. But uh, I then with a, with a friend, we took a leap of faith and uh, decided to move for a season to the Walker Bay of South Africa and uh, did a winemaking stint at Hamilton Russell Vineyards for a couple of months, about four months, I think. Had a super time, got our hands dirty and uh, really learned what it was all about and to had a newfound appreciation for selling wine rather than making it because that is exhausting work. I am extremely admirative of everybody uh, in the winemaking industry, grape growing and winemaking industry. And uh, as I was leaving uh, South Africa, I, in my mind, I thought, well, maybe I'll move back to Canada now and see where that takes me, maybe work for an agency or for a monopoly. And a CV that I had dropped off many months ago uh, to a firm in the Rhone Valley, I suddenly got an email back as I was leaving with an offer for a job at Gabriel Meff in Gigondas in the southern Rhone Valley. And I decided to take it. So I moved back to France and spent almost eight years there. And I met my husband there, so it was obviously the right move. So did you meet your husband in the cellar? I met him on my very first day of work. A bit boring as a place because I met him in my office. But uh, when, yeah, when I first met him, I did not realize that he would one day be my husband. But uh, there you have so it. It was not love at first sight, but between two files and two wine discussion, you find the time <laughs> to a little bit of a kiss, I imagine. I think it took us about a year to eventually get together. But yeah, definitely all around the shared passion for wine. Absolutely. And, and then what, um, what made you 
uh, Jackie decide to actually go for the famous Master of Wine exam. And, and uh, then what did it do for you? It took me for, it was actually uh, a joke that I had, a running joke that I had with my father for many years. Mm -hmm. When I first said, I love to study wine, I'm going to go to Burgundy and really pursue this. Uh, we always joked that the ultimate goal would be the master of wine. And he had this huge library of wine books and 90% of them were written by people with MW after their name. So he said, you know, if you're really going to do this seriously, that's the end game. And I always had this in my mind. And when I was living in Burgundy, you know, I did my studies there and thought that's enough. I've studied enough. I'm going to work now. And, but it kept creeping back every couple of years. And I even went to a master of wine uh, introductory seminary in uh, 2008. And they started talking about, you know, the amount of work, the amount of determination, the amount of focus that it requires. And it kind of scared me off for a few years. I was working as an export manager at the time. I was traveling like crazy. And I thought, no, this is, this is too much. This is nuts. But the idea stayed there. And um, unfortunately, my father passed away in, um, in 2008. And he left me a little bit of money. And I'd been saving up as well. And that idea of Master of Wine, I think it, it really spurred me on to do it for myself, but also in part for his memory and this shared dream that we'd had. So it did take me a couple more years to really decide that it was the right time. But uh, in 2015, uh, 14, 15, I decided to, to go for it. So. And you got it very quickly. You got it in a, in a record time, four Five years. years. Five years. I took a year off uh, when I was pregnant with my second son, but uh, it was well, okay. Well, I'm to that. I think it's a record, you know, to, uh, to get it so quickly. You know, many people, it could take eight to 10 years to 12 years sometimes, and you did it in five. So I'm using the Raymond Chardonnay to have a toast with you and to commend you for it, because this is very exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so what you. was your, what is the, the most exciting thing you take away from the Master of Wine? I think the thing that really, and I was surprised by this, but I think what the most incredible part of the experience is the people that you meet. I was yeah. really nervous when I went to my first seminar. I thought, oh, Masters of Wine, they're so intimidating. They're all going to be untouchable. They're all going to be up here on a pedestal. But I just met really lovely, friendly, passionate people that wanted to help you, that wanted to, to get you across the finish line. And everybody had a completely different experience, different skill sets. And it was just amazing to, to be part of the community right from the get-go. So that was And you're really part of a fraternity now. Yes. Uh, that is amazing really? in the world because there's only, what, 325 Masters of Wine? A little bit more. I think we've pushed the number up for this new batch to 409 Masters oh, of Wine. Yeah. It's still mm -hmm. a very happy few group. So what did the Master of Wine do for you professionally as well? What well, did it allow you to do? Pardon me. I only got the call in uh, end of August, so it's early days still. But uh, I definitely I have to say there was an outpouring of interest. I've been very uh, grateful and honored. Uh, an outpouring of interest to work together for I'm, my, my big uh, area of interest is wine education. 
as well as writing. And I love to lead master classes. I love to to talk about wine uh, and just share as much as possible the knowledge that I've gained over the years in as relatable a way uh, that I possibly can because I do find that wine can be so forbidding and pretentious and people get very intimidated by the subjects. So I, I, I definitely love all the projects where I can uh, do my part in terms of wine education. So I have had quite a few calls from um, uh, winery, uh, regional marketing bodies, from, from wineries Lord. themselves, from, yeah, quite a number of different agencies, retailers, that sort of client. So That's what's going to be the style of Jackie Blisson as a wine educator? Define the style you want to, define the style you want to portray. What would be your style as a wine educator for the world of wine? I want to make it fun for people, but I don't want to dumb it down. Wine is complex, and I think it's fabulous that it's complex. I think that's what makes it so rich and so exciting. But I think there's a way to talk about wine and to communicate it that draws people in and doesn't exclude them. I was on an amazing call the other day where people were talking about how you describe wines. And this one woman was saying, People were always describing the aromas of these certain wines to me, talking about black truffles and talking about specific types of mushrooms. And exactly. these are things in my culture that I'd never smelled, that I'd never tasted, but I didn't dare say, I have no idea what you're talking about. I just nodded and you know went along with it. And it's true that there's a very um, specific language for describing wines that we've all grown up learning and using and repeating that doesn't apply to the vast majority of people. I mean, if you're growing up in, in countries where certain fruits or yeah. or whatever don't grow, well, then you, you have no ability to, to relate to, to that. So to I think there's it. a way to talk about wine in, in a more inclusive and broad fashion to, to draw people in and also to let them make up their own minds. There are no rights and wrongs in wine. I think it's a quote that I'll butcher absolutely that Jancis Robinson uh, once, um, once said that nobody's right or wrong in wine tasting. It's yeah. all about personal opinion. And so drawing people and getting them to talk about what they like and dislike and, and what they find interesting and, the, and let the other person navigate how you communicate your knowledge to them. That's very true. So how do you succeed when you talk to people to let them express themselves with no fear? Because it's not necessarily easy. It's one thing to say, go yeah. for it and describe the wine as you sense it. But what clues do you give them so they feel very comfortable to go there? That is so true. I thought at first I could just ask people to speak and you're yes. met by a deafening silence every time. It's true. Everybody's afraid to be the first one to jump in and they hesitate and say, I think I'm smelling flowers. Is that right? But there's a way, absolutely. What I tend to do is I'll, I'll jump in first and say, personally, I, you know, smell this aroma or I taste this or I'm getting this sort of, uh, it's making me salivate. I'm feeling on the side of my tongue. Does anybody feel that? And then you give them little cues that they can then jump in and, you know, piecemeal all the way through instead of asking somebody to describe from A to Z a wine and, 
and, and jump into a big monologue where they won't feel comfortable. You just sort of start by yes or no questions. And then as people feel more comfortable, they might say a few more words and a few more words, and you're just kind of teasing it out of them. That's right. Well, why don't you do that with us right now? You have the oh, glass. You're putting me on the spot. <laughs> why don't you tease us and you get us into your world right now? I'm going to do it with you. As if okay. I've never tasted right. wine, which is almost the case. This is very cheeky of you. <laughs> <laughs> so we're tasting, we're tasting the uh, Raymond family classic Chardonnay. And... Personally, I get a lot of ripe fruit. You can tell that it's ripe fruit because you get all those lovely, almost macerated yellow fruit notes on it. Um, mm -hmm. Sort of peach and pear. Are those the sort of things that you're getting, Jean Charles? Or is there anything? I'm relating to you 100%. But <laughs> I love the ripeness right at first, which is. You know, how do we define rightness? It's never that easy. To it is someone very difficult. You know, I as an evolution of a food. We, uh, during the Master of Wine studies, when you're trying to get your head around how to describe wines, they'll often talk about fruit spectrum, with things being more uh, green fruits or sort of white orchard fruits for less ripe. So you imagine sort of a green apple uh, yeah. or, or uh, a lime or a lemon, and then moving into gooseberry, things like that. And then yes. moving into uh, white fruits and then yellow fruits as riper. And then also um, whether it seems like it's just ripe fruit or cooked fruit. Once you get into sort of more, more stewed or macerated fruits, then you're really getting to those very, very ripe aromas. That's a great way to say it. With Marnie Old, who you know, she's Canadian as well, mm -hmm. a fantastic sommelier. We wrote a book together named Passion for Wine. Great. And we created... And I want to make sure I get you the book. And, and I think we need to do a session on our JCB Live with her on the spectrum of style. And what we decided to do, Jackie, is for me, I always describe wine never from a technical but more emotional side. So we decided like to that. use five keywords, vivacious, mm -hmm. sensual, powerful, mm -hmm. seductive, etc. And each of those words are related to an actress. So okay. vivacious is obviously Brigitte Bardot. And then powerful is Elizabeth Taylor. Sensuous is, of course, Sophia Alloren. And we went through the correlation of the wine, the actress, and then a few metrics that allows people to totally analyze the wine in a certain way. And I think that sweat is very important. We've had a lot of people telling us that's what I use now as a reference. It allows me to categorize wine easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I definitely we're think the Jackie one now. Ooh, but I'll do it with men. I'm not going to do it with women. Ha, perfect. <laughs> I'm going to repeat that too, and men too. I'm sure too. I do like the idea of using uh, using more emotional terms and using words like vivacious when you're thinking about a Sauvignon Blanc or something with a Chablis, something with great acidity that's really lively on the palate. Saying something is lively rather than saying crisp acidity, you get a sense of what that means without having to learn a text, you know, technical jargon. So yeah, I, I think using adjectives and descriptors and emotional terms like that makes it makes it more relatable, makes it more fun for people, I think. Absolutely. Sure. 
So now, Jackie, I'm going to go on the red wine, on the Burgundy Pinot, because we're going to have to continue with Pinot Noir and Burgundy. And I would love to ask you, how is it as a woman, because you're a great example of a young lady at a young age who went to a foreign country, you know, 3,000 miles away from your home, and decided to change your career, your life, met a French husband, and change your life dramatically and enter the wine world, which has always been known, historically at least, as more of a masculine type of profession. How has it been as a woman to carve yourself such a great place in the wine world? It's been fairly, I would say, as time has gone by, it's become easier and easier. Okay. When I first started out studying in Burgundy, uh, I love Burgundy. Burgundy is is so dear to my heart, but it was quite a male dominant uh, workplace as yes. when I was there in the early 2000s. Absolutely. And I did find when I finished my studies, I was really keen to stay. I'd made some great friends. It was very, very hard as a woman to find a good job in um, in sales. Every CV I sent out, I was being offered secretarial positions. Whereas in the Rhone Valley, I was being offered export manager positions. So right. I did find that, and it was the same, you know, it wasn't just Burgundy. I found the same in Bordeaux. I went for a few job interviews over there, but every time they'd say, oh, you're, you're, you're a woman, you're young, wouldn't necessarily say it, but I would feel the insinuation and uh, be offered a lesser position considering my work experience and my studies. And so I definitely found in my early days, there was that sort of hill to, to climb up a little bit, but in more recent years, I have to say that uh, having worked a number of years in the industry and having studied what I've studied, I haven't personally felt that there's been a lot of barriers in place. And especially here, since I've been moved back to Canada, uh, yeah. I don't feel any barriers. So what do you recommend to ladies wanting to get into the wine world? Uh, what, what would be your words for them? It's going to sound really simple when I say it like this, but just do it. I meet so many people who say, oh, you're so lucky. Oh, what a great industry. You're so lucky. You just do it. The, it's, a, it's a wonderful world to, to work in. My father joked when I first said I wanted to work in wine, said, you'll have a great time. You won't make any money, but you'll have a great time. <laughs> it's definitely not. If you want to make a fortune, you may be better off going into investment banking or becoming a lawyer or something like that. But it's incredible. I've never met anybody who worked in wine who didn't love it. So you're surrounded by people who are passionate about what they do all the time. And there's so many great schools. I think you'd first have to decide whether you want to go down more of a service path, a sommelier type route, or, yeah. uh, I mean, there are so many different roles you could take on if you're uh, between grape growing and winemaking, wine commerce and wine service. There's so many and so many more. There's a million different jobs out there, and there's a million different styles of education and uh, universities and, and courses that you can take. Start with a little course, see how you like it, and just build from there, really. And I personally, if you can, it's always best to go and live the experience in wine country. That's right. So mm -hmm. we selected a wine for you, which was actually created by ladies, the Ursuline oh. Waters in the early 17th century in Burgundy, because they played a very big role as women, as you know, making wine as well, all the way back, you know, 300 years ago in, in the heart of Burgundy. So 
what role do you think uh, women have uh, as a great role to play in the wine world and where they can really add another dimension to what has been done before? That's a great uh, question. It's a complicated question too, but I think what women can add is uh, more of a, I'm not saying, I would, I hate to say that men don't have sensitivity to them, but I think there's that added nuance that women can bring a sort of a, a creativity, a sensitivity, uh, maybe not a gentle touch. I don't like to stereotype, but I definitely think there's just that nuance to add to the dimension of what men and wine have already brought. Um, I definitely find that not always, maybe it's overgeneralizing, but a lot of the wines that have been crafted by, by a woman winemaker and the women winemaking teams, teams often have that, that very elegant touch to them uh, that I find so interesting. And I think that the, it, it's, it's the melding of the two of women and men together, working together to make each other stronger and to build a stronger whole. That's that's really interesting. Not one or the other, but together. Yeah. I love that. Very well said. And, and this is how the last one we're just enjoying is made with Laure Guillotot and Grégory Patria. You know, two. Aha, I didn't two, know that. Um, and the previous wine you tried is made exclusively by a lady named okay. Stephanie Putnam here in Napa Valley. So I really believe I agree with you. The association of of Femininity, masculinity, male, female, creates mm. magic in the glass. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. so, so now, Jackie, you've done every part of the wine world, from making the wine, to selling the wine, to representing the wine, to talking about the wines. Now, tell us about your future in education and, and your new YouTube channel and how you've been dealing with this uh, last seven months as an educator, a mother, a wife and and uh, you know loving wine the last little period has been challenging because i was uh, when everything sort of shut down here in the month of march i was still working on my research paper and i suddenly found out that my darling five and three-year-old boys would be home with me all day while i tried to write a ten thousand research paper unfortunate and so it was it was a bit of a tricky time and I have to say that I did put professional development a little bit on hold during that time so I could get that research paper written in the evenings while trying to entertain my little darlings during the day and so it's really been uh, this this past summer and uh, now that I'm ramping back up so I have a million projects on the go uh, the YouTube also unfortunately had to sort of Take uh, take back seat for a while while I uh, while I concentrated on family and MW. Of course, of course. But uh, but now it's it's really an exciting time because I've got some cool offers coming in. I've got a, a million ideas, and I'm just really starting to flesh them out and figure out what the future has in store. Well, that's exciting. So within that, what is your dream? What would you like to see happen now? You've done. <laughs> Everything in wine, you've got your masters of wine, and your beautiful frame in your office. What's next? What's your dream of Jackie Blisson? How much time do you have, Jean-Charles? I have so many. We have all night. And we well, still have one to drink. I would like to write a book, but uh, I have to figure out my topic first. I would love to be a uh, Chevalier de Testavin one day. 
I would love to learn Italian because I love Italian wine and I would love to be able to speak to producers in their native language. I love to cook and I would love to master some super complicated dishes. I have, I'd love to walk the Chemin de Saint-Jacques-de-Compostelle from start to finish and maybe write a book about the great wine regions along the way. Yeah, that's so great. many dreams and projects. Uh, for now, I'm going to focus on taking it day by day. And, you know, with the pandemic, it makes everything a little bit more challenging, but it gives you a lot of time to, to plan for the future and get excited. Well, that's great. I love it. You have a lot of great dreams. So now, Jackie, as a final message, would you like to send to all our friends viewing and listening today? What would be your ultimate message within this great time we're living in? To just keep going, to keep, uh, even if things seem challenging at the moment, to uh, keep making your plans and, you know, figuring out what it is you want to do and find a way to do it. It's, there's obviously a lot of things that have been put on hold at the moment, but there's also a lot of great opportunities, you know, great sort of alternative, uh, interesting developments happening. And so just... Just keep going and keep finding reasons to smile and to celebrate uh, because I think even in the, especially in the hardest times, we have to seize every possible moment of joy and really focus on it. Well, uh, we love your positivism. We love your constructive advice. Jackie, you're such a great example for all of us. Mother, great wife, phenomenal career in wine, and now a new chapter in your life. So. Thank you so much for joining us tonight and, and being together. And we cannot wait to do a wine seminar together using cool. the chart on how to engage us in the world of wine. It's me that would be lucky faced with your charm. Thank well, you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. We loved it. Thank you so much, Jackie. See you soon. Santé. Santé.